It's time to start promoting a cause. Welcome to Promoting a Cause, the podcast, episode two. I'm your host, Daryl Osborne. This week, I had an opportunity to sit down with Debbie Tobin, the executive director of Epilepsy Nova Scotia, as they prepare to put the finishing touches on their marquee fundraising event, the Purple Day Gala. It takes place at the Western Nova Scotian on Saturday, March the 2nd, and there are still tickets available. The Purple Day Gala was inspired by Purple Day, which happens on March the 26th. This is a day of awareness and advocacy for epilepsy that is not only recognized in Canada. 85 countries will recognize Purple Day on March the 26th. And that all came about because of the efforts of one young lady, Cassidy Megan. I didn't have an opportunity to interview Cassidy for this particular podcast, but I intend to do so in the future, and I'll bring that to you closer to this year's Purple Day. Debbie Tobin did certainly share a lot of information about Cassidy and the efforts of Epilepsy Nova Scotia. Here now is my conversation with Debbie on Promoting a Cause. Well, thanks very much for taking the time to do this with me, Debbie. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I'd like to certainly talk about the upcoming Purple Gala. Well, our Purple Day Gala, actually, is our signature event. Uh, we, The Epilepsy Association of Nova Scotia, um, we actually do not have any core funding. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to fundraise constantly. So one of our largest fundraisers is, of course, the Purple Day Gala. And this helps support our education that we do throughout Nova Scotia. And um, it also uh, supports resources. For example, I have to now order 10,000 more purple ribbons, and we have to pin those. So, I mean, there's a significant cost for that. So it helps support all of that as well. So the Purple Day Gala is going to be held on March 2nd at 6 p.m., at the Western Nova Scotian. It's a beautiful three-course dinner. Uh, we have a live auction, a silent auction. Cassidy Megan, who is our Purple Day founder, um, has a beautiful video that she's going to show. Tickets are $110. How can people get involved with Epilepsy Nova Scotia if this particular event isn't set up for them to be able to participate at this point? Actually, our main priority is awareness and education. And the reason why we do that is because epilepsy, uh, if someone has a seizure, most people do not know what to do. And there's always that stigma associated with epilepsy. A lot of people think that it's very, very uncommon, when in actual fact it is not. Currently, there are more than 14,000 in Nova Scotia. That's not including those waiting for diagnosis. 42 people in Canada every day are being diagnosed with epilepsy. One in 100. And I know with MS, I think it's one in 300. So just about everybody's heard of MS. And people think MS is fairly common. But epilepsy actually is more prevalent than, than even MS. So 
Education is very important because we provide seizure first aid by explaining what to do during a seizure and what to do after a seizure. We present and we do it with schools, employers, um, first responders, small options, hospitals, nursing homes. If someone were to see a seizure taking place, what would be the quick tip that you could provide? To look at your watch, start timing it. The next thing you need to do is you need to put something under their head that is soft. You want to put the person on their side. You never restrain them. You never put anything in anyone's mouth. You let them have their seizure. Then you would call 911. You want to make sure that it's not going to take any longer than 20 minutes of that person or 15 minutes that that person is actually having a seizure. There are some people that will have rolling seizures that keep having them, and that would be another instance. So if they came out of the seizure and then they rolled back into another one, you'd call 911 for that as well. Because uh, every time that person has a seizure, it's almost like an assault on the brain. So you want to make sure that that person is kept safe at all times. Most people, when they think of epilepsy, that's what they think of. They think of somebody falling to the ground, um, somebody convulsing very violently, um, possibly biting their tongue or their cheek or their lip. There could be an overproduction of saliva in the mouth, but it doesn't always look like that. People that have epilepsy, there are many different types of seizures. So there could be sort of like a blanking out uh, type of seizure. It's almost like um, when you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden they're just staring at you, they're not responding, they're awake, They don't go unconscious, but they're not totally aware. Then there could be, they could have that, and then they could have another thing going on with it. So, for example, somebody could be blanking out, and they could be blinking or making a chewing motion or tapping their foot. Another type of seizure, you could have somebody is opening and closing a cabinet or a door or whatever, and just keep opening and closing, opening and closing. You could be sitting in a chair, and all of a sudden you slump forward and you fall to the floor. Or they could be standing and they would fall just like a tree to the floor. They lose consciousness. Those seizures don't last very long. They can be very damaging though because you fall usually face first. You actually had asked me about how to get involved. And one of the things that we're doing is we're putting purple hikes in different communities. And we'll be doing them all over Nova Scotia. What are some of those key dates for those events? Unicorn Theater, it's the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, There's one in Digby, and that one is the weekend before Thanksgiving. And we have a young boy that actually passed away with epilepsy in Digby. And that... That purple hike is going to be a tribute tribute for Andrew. And October 20th, we're doing one in at Unicorn Theater, and we'll be doing it on the trails that's um, out off of the St. Margaret's Bay Road out there. So that's going to be nice. But we're going to be doing them throughout Nova Scotia, everywhere. We want one in the Valley. We want one in Amherst. We'll be putting one in Picto. Um, so when we have those dates, we'll be promoting the Purple Day. How did that come to be? We actually, 11 years ago, were asked to go to a school and do an education presentation to a a class, an elementary school class, a couple of classes. And there was a young girl there who had epilepsy. And she didn't know anybody else that had it. She didn't know anybody. She didn't want to talk about it. She felt very alone. 
because she didn't know anyone and she didn't want people to make fun of her. She didn't even want her mom talking to her grandmother about it. So we went in and we did the education. It's very interactive. There are different uh, presentations that we do for different age levels, particularly for adults. It's a completely different one. So the ones that we did for the elementary class that she was in, it's very interactive. And the kids ask so many amazing questions. And I think she was really encouraged by the way that her peers received that information. So she decided that she would disclose that she had epilepsy. Cassidy said, there's Pink Shirt Day, there's Terry Fox Day, there's a day for everything. And why is there not a day for epilepsy? And she was absolutely right. There really wasn't. So her school principal, she asked him, uh, she wanted to do an event, a one day that we can do something for epilepsy. And the day that they had was March 26th. So uh, we went to the school and created a big event there. And Cassidy and her mom came to us. And Cassidy said, my dream is to have one day in the world, in the world, she said. She was eight years old at the time and said, where people living with epilepsy, especially kids like me, don't feel like they're by themselves. We took her idea and her drawing across Canada and Cassidy, she was busy herself. She contacted every politician going from here to Ottawa. And I will tell you, through her hard work and with our fellow agencies and connecting with um, a global partner in the United States, Cassidy's vision, her dream, now realized in more than 85 countries. And in fact, it was even in outer space. Because last year, I got an email uh, through our Purple Day website from a young lady in the United States who has epilepsy. And she said, I thought I'd send you a picture of my dad. His name is Ricky Arnold. He's an astronaut on the International Space Station. And he's wearing purple for me for Purple Day. And he, she sent a photo of him on the International Space Station and Mission Control, who also dressed in purple. And one of the most amazing things is, and it was actually through Jeff Regan, the Honorable uh, Jeff Regan, uh, who was Speaker of the House at the time, um, who felt that this was such an important initiative that it was brought in the forward in the House of Commons. And on June 28th, 2012, March 26th is officially recognized as Purple Day in Canada. And we are the only country in the world that's done that. And uh, the and it was through, it was Cassidy, and she's worked. She has spent the last 11 years dedicating so much to Purple Day and epilepsy awareness. I mean, to, for her, it is so important. And I've seen her. She actually does professional modeling. Um, she's attending uh, Nova Scotia Community College. She does competitive archery. And I've seen her with like a, it looks like a $3,000 gown on that's all designed. And she's kneeling on the floor talking to a little kid that has epilepsy. 
So she's known the world over. She's an amazing young lady and a fantastic role model. And she's received many awards, uh, the Queen's Medal, the Diana Award. I mean, she's known by a lot of people. And to talk to her, she is the most humble person you'll ever want to meet. What are some key things that someone who doesn't have epilepsy can be aware of in terms of making an environment comfortable for someone with epilepsy? Um, I do away with strobe lighting anyway. Um, this goes over. I'm sorry, but it's over. <laughs> and uh, But the thing is with strobe lighting, it actually can cause headaches to people that don't even have epilepsy. And I think learning what to do in the event of a seizure and how that person feels after. Doing that, you can provide so much support for that person and it promotes a much more inclusive community. So don't be afraid of it. Learn what to do and understand that after someone has, for example, the type of seizure where pe people have it pictured in their mind what epilepsy is, and it's a tonic-clonic, a generalized tonic-clonic seizure is what it's called. They used to call it a grand mal seizure. When someone has that type of seizure, they are very, very confused when they come to and exhausted. So don't yell at them. Don't say, oh my gosh, you've had a seizure. Don't pull on them. Don't drag them up. Let them be because they are confused and they need to realize the situation that they're in and the people that they're around. And they will require some help getting up. And the most, the best thing you could ever do is say, you've just had a seizure and when you're ready to, to move and to get up, I will help you. And if you speak in a calm voice in that way, that is going to be so beneficial to someone that's had one. In terms of the environment that people find themselves in, other than the obvious with strobe lighting being eliminated, are there other things about the room that you're in or the surrounding space that would make you more or less vulnerable to an epileptic? Seizure? And sometimes um, uh, stressful situations, really loud music, um, sometimes that could possibly bring one on as well. And sometimes seizures can just happen out of the blue. Uh, Venetian blinds that are with little spaces that are open in them because it's bouncing light and it has to be um, a certain I think it has to be a certain frequency. I know that uh, light dappling through the trees for anybody that is photosensitive, uh, they could that could possibly bring on a seizure. Or you know how sunlight can dance on water. Mm -hmm. You've ever watched on a on a nice day where sunlight is actually dancing on water? Uh, that can actually bring it on. And it's what it is. It's that photosensitivity of that person. But not all people with epilepsy have that. So it would depend on the individual. Is there a particular segment of the population that is vulnerable to epilepsy? But there are some commonalities, and it can be associated certainly with stroke, with concussion and head injury, um, high fever, birth trauma, sometimes with autism as well. There can be a high incidence. The jury's still out on whether or not it is hereditary, but sometimes... Um, your mother could have had it and your uncle has it or a cousin has it. But then again, there are people, there is no link in their family history whatsoever. And there are some people that have not had a head injury and all of a sudden 
they have it. Um, we don't have statistics on men and women that would uh, define that it's more prevalent in one than the other. And sometimes it can just happen. Um, I talked to a woman not too long ago. She's 82. She was recently diagnosed a year ago. She's not had a stroke. There's none in her family, but she's developed epilepsy. And um, uh, healthy young individuals, no history of it, all of a sudden takes a seizure. And it, you know, like it's out of the blue. So it can affect anybody at any age. We've had babies from three months old to, like I say, I have an 82-year-old. You've referenced on a few occasions trauma to the head, concussions, and things of that nature mm -hmm. leading to epileptic episodes. It, it could lead, could lead. Sure, it, yeah. it could. I wonder with the evolution of concussion research and CTE, the brain condition that a lot of professional athletes are now showing signs of post-career, and has there been any linkage towards sports and seizures? Um, I don't have any documentation on that, uh, but I would expect, uh, and in fact, I know that in the NHL there is something that is ongoing. And a group of former NHL players that have had severe concussions, some of them actually have been diagnosed with epilepsy. It's not to say that everybody in sport that's had a concussion will develop epilepsy. You referenced 14,000 Nova Scotians with epilepsy. How does that rank against other provinces? Now, I think in New Brunswick, um, and uh, they're looking at close to 8,000 people with epilepsy. And PEI is close to 2,800, I believe. The Epilepsy Association of Nova Scotia will be changing its name to Epilepsy Association of the Maritimes because it better reflects the area that we serve. What are some of the main things that you will do specifically around Purple Day to draw attention to your cause? Uh, well, for example, we're doing several flag raising. We're doing uh, flag raising at uh, the the, do at the dockyard uh, at Admiralty Gate. Uh, we're doing a flag raising there. We'll be doing one, I believe, at the main branch of the post office. And we will certainly be doing a flag raising here at City Hall. And uh, we'll also be having... Um, I guess sort of like a meet and greet uh, prior to them. They actually take City Hall and light it in purple at dusk. So we'll be having a reception there that day on March 26th as well. So we would invite everybody to come out for that. Why was March 26th selected as the day? Is there a significance to that day in particular? Actually, the reason why it was picked is because that was the day that Cassidy and the school and us could get together. So we decided to keep, we didn't decide. Cassidy said that she would like to pick the same day every year, and that's why it was March 26th. In terms of research and the efforts that are put into finding a cure, those types of things. Mm -hmm. What's happening? We don't uh, look after the research end of it. We are so fortunate here in the Maritimes to have an epilepsy monitoring unit here at the QE2. And uh, we have what we call epileptologists. And we have two in uh, at the QE2. We have one 
at the IWK, and we actually have one in Charlottetown. So we are very, very fortunate to have these. Now, with the epilepsy monitoring unit, that actually was increased to a four-bid unit last year and uh, had its grand opening. And the uh, epilepsy team here in Halifax are phenomenal. I can't stress that enough. The Purple Gala, how has it really changed the way people look at epilepsy overall? Well, you know, I can honestly tell you, our Purple Day Gala has grown significantly, particularly in the last three years. Um, Before, it was more... It was more like a community event, I think. And what we had to do is we had to look at it as a signature fundraiser because in order to survive and in order to take what we do off of Spring Garden Road and get out into the communities, we needed money to do that. And we just aren't getting funded for that. We apply for grants for programming that will give us some money, but it isn't going to come near to supporting what we do. And that's why we are hoping this year that all three governments in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PEI will support us for our for an education and support coordinator who will be out in those communities so that they will be delivering that educational piece, putting on support groups, and providing advocacy right there in their own communities. So we are looking for a commitment from all three governments for a two-year commitment because we believe in two years that position will be self-sustainable. What's the first thing someone should do if they suspect epilepsy? If it's a first seizure, you would take them to the hospital or you would call 911. Then what happens, what the process is, is they are then referred to uh, what they call a first seizure clinic. That first seizure clinic will be able to do tests. If it is epilepsy, hopefully they will be referred to an epileptologist. 2020 is going to be a significant anniversary year. What are you doing to mark the anniversary? Well, we'll be moving our office. I know that. Uh, We definitely will be holding an open house. We'll be taking our open house on the road to New Brunswick and to PEI. New pamphlets, new information printed. Uh, We want to have our website and everything is automatically translated into French uh, because we, of course, have to have bilingual services. We have a lot of, uh, most of our resources are in French now, but we want to be able to deliver uh, the educational piece in French. Thank you for taking the time to share the information that you have. That was my conversation with Debbie Tobin, the Executive Director of Epilepsy Nova Scotia. If you're interested in attending the Purple Day Gala on Saturday, March the 2nd, tickets are still available and there's a number of ways that you can get them. You can go to their main website, epilepsyns.org. They also have a Facebook page. There's a dedicated Purple Day Gala website that you can visit, and also they'll take payment over the phone at their office, 429-2633 or 1-866-EPILEPSY. My name's Daryl Osborne. Thanks for being part of Promoting a Cause.